Good evening, RC After Hours community. I guess that's what we're going with right now. Let me lower down that music and have a little fun. Uh, yeah, we're doing a little live impromptu podcast. And uh, because I managed to actually get our guest at the last minute, I wouldn't say last minute, I think we were talking a few days now, trying to get him in. So without any further ado, we're going to introduce our guest. And it is the one and the only Alex Savada. Alex! Hey, what's up, We're man? Out. How's it going, everybody? Streaming out. We've got some people watching, but uh, <clears throat> like I always remind everybody when we come on to the podcast, it's all about the audio <laughs> end of it. The video is a bonus, but uh, we've got a few people watching the show, and uh, stay tuned because we're going to have some Q&A fun. I really haven't laid out what the podcast is going to be like for Alex. He's kind of... Um, you know, not even experimental. He's just in it for the fun of it. Um, but we're going to talk about particularly uh, Alex's involvement in the RC community and how we've got to watch Alex uh, develop over the years into what I pretty well feel like is a pretty top-notch presenter. And uh, you know, I almost I I I don't want to I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable but you've got a very important part in in this um in this microcosm of the of what we call our hobby these days so i'm really looking forward to it glow cave yes <laughs> i'm really looking forward to diving in and having some mm-hmm. chats with it i guess off the top alex for for anybody and you probably ooh, i want to say way way back we're in the RC After Hours or the FT After Hours podcast a while ago. Uh, so you haven't mm-hmm. been on the show in forever, at least not with me. So we're going to have some fun. And I guess off the top, um, introduce yourself. Introduce yourself to the listeners and everybody out there. And uh, give us an <clears throat> idea of how you got into this wonderful place you are now. Well, sure. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, kind words, Andre. Uh and I, I have to say it's it's more of a privilege than anything. And, you know, I'm just a normal guy who found myself into a peculiar peculiar uh, uh, situation here, you know, getting the getting a job at flight test at the right time and kind of growing my career through that. Um, and like I said, it's been an absolute privilege. So um can you hear me okay? Yeah, I got you. I'm watching the... I got you. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, I don't, good. I haven't listened to the stream because every time I open the channel up, we'll just see the, hear the feedback. But the levels look fantastic. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to see if there's any comments. We'll, I'll sure. keep an eye on the on the chat as we go through. So, goodness, I'm trying to figure out... Well, yeah, I can I can give you a little background here. Uh, but, again, thank you for the, the kind words. And um, I... I kind of, uh, you know, flight test relatively is new. Uh, you know, I've been working here going on seven years, so I guess it's not too new. We kind of joke about it because sometimes it <laughs> seems like uh, we've been working here for a year and then because everything's been – it's so fast-paced. And then other times we've done so much that it feels like I've been here for like 20 years and I don't even remember what life was like without <laughs> flight tests. But um, – yeah, I mean, beyond flight tests, like aviation has always been like a huge part of my life growing up. My dad is a pilot for a living. He uh, he flies commercial jets for a private company, and uh, we've been again very privileged and, and blessed with his career. And uh, he kind of grew. He kind of uh, raised me around aviation. Some of my earliest memories were being, you know, on the tarmac 
uh, you know, at air shows that my dad was helping run at the time, you know, at the airport that he worked at. And I remember blowing out the hot air balloon burners for my birthday candles uh, after everybody sang me happy birthday. So it's like, I don't even know what life is like without aviation. And so, um, yeah, long story short, uh, went to school here in Northeast Ohio for graphic design, got out of school uh, at the University of Akron, and uh, basically was looking for a job far and wide as a graphic designer, and uh, Flight Test was a few years old at the time. They had a uh, several dozen videos on, on YouTube. And uh, I was applying everywhere. I, you know, graphic design, you have your portfolio uh, with all your work in it. And you're, you you go and you uh, submit your resume and you go and you apply and you present your portfolio. And I was doing that all over the place trying to find a job to get into the industry. And uh, I was working a graphic design job, but it was kind of a dead-end job, uh, you know, just like a, a stepping stone job. And, you know, I was applying everywhere and I was just like, you know what, like, I'm just so tired of all this. I just want to watch some flight test because <laughs> I was a fan. Like I had met Josh. I met Chad uh, one time very randomly at an indoor flying event. Uh, if you go way, way back in the archives of the videos, you can see some of them. I think it was called, um, I can't, uh, it was the JR indoor event. That's what it was. And um, anyways, I, you know, I was like, I'm so sick of applying at all these these jobs and resumes and yada 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 i was like let's just uh watch some flight test and so i started watching and uh eventually i got to thinking and i was like you know what like these guys are nearby i knew they were in the area um let's just send them a message and so i sent a message to support basically and said hey uh looking for a job i'll do anything <laughs> Uh, you know, and uh, at the time, Chad Capper got back to me within probably, I think, uh, the hour. If it was like within minutes, he uh, basically emailed me back and said, "What are you doing right now?" <laughs> and uh, it just so happened that that was the time that they had just launched the three pack, so first speed build kit, and uh, also it was kind of the time that flight test had gone from like a uh, for lack of a better term, a side project. Uh, I, th I believe that Chad uh, was doing flight test as like a passion project within his video production company, which was called Stonecap. Because um, technically, I got hired under Stonecap at the time. So I think flight test became its own entity after I got hired. So it was very early. You know, flight test had been making videos for a couple years, but like it had, I think it had just like kind of formed into a business or it was forming into a business officially. So it was kind of a right place at the right time, I guess, because uh, I got in there and uh, I, like I said, I was looking for graphic design work. And um, I think Chad told me that like 25% of the work I would be doing is graphic design. Um, and then the rest I would be helping with manufacturing, which other, in other words, it means that I'm going to be running a laser cutter all day, <laughs> <laughs> cutting out kits. So it started with uh, me and Josh and then eventually uh, his wife, Jen, came to came in to help. And we were working out of a uh, single car garage in the basement of uh, the Stonecap, the video production company. And we worked there for like about a year. And that's like kind of where it started. And some of you guys may or may not be familiar with the rest of the story. But um, eventually I, I, I ran the laser actually for several years and basically just did we all did it, it was very much like a startup environment um 
And so everybody wore a ton of hats. So you just did what needed to get done. If we needed to cut planes, we'd cut planes. And, you know, I did all the customer service for a handful of years there, um, answering emails and doing stuff like that. And then eventually I, uh, Dave Knopp, who is one of a, uh, editor who contributed to a lot of the flight test uh, library who's actually uh random side note is actually working uh, with peter right now uh making some of their awesome content um dave knopp from day one he's like you ready man he's like you ready to be on camera and i didn't want to be on camera at all i had no intention i wanted to do like i said i wanted to do graphic design work and i was like somehow looking to grow my career in graphic design and uh from day one he was always joking he's like you're going to be the next one. He's like, it's only a matter of time. And slowly but surely he started like editing me into the videos, whether it's in the background or whatnot. And then eventually, um, you know, at the end of the day, there's only like at at that time, there was like (laughs) two people. It was like David and, uh, Josh. And then Josh Scott has always kind of worked on a contracted basis. So like, there wasn't like that many people who could help make videos. So like it was mostly out of necessity that I ended up on camera, <laughs> I'd say. Um, but yeah, it's grown and grown. And then eventually I, I got, I learned how to, uh, kind of be on camera. Uh, you know, I had a background in playing music in front of people. I was in a really weird band for about 10 years. So I was kind of used to doing weird things in front of people, <laughs> but, uh, Eventually, yeah, the graphic design, I started doing more of that. I still do a lot, all the graphic design work for Flight Test. Um, but eventually, I continued to grow, uh, always trying to grow and learn more. So eventually, I learned more about video. The vlog started. I started learning about video editing. And now, uh, between Jeremy and myself, we kind of edit all of the uh, video content. So still learning every day. I, I still don't consider myself a professional, even though I get paid for it, but, uh, it's kind of been a wild journey and, uh, there's a, that's like the long five minute version, but even that left out a lot. There's been so many, uh, so many awesome memories over the years. So it's been a privilege. And again, Andre, I really, really appreciate the kind words and to everybody out there watching, I really appreciate you guys. Um, Tom Jenkins, Jody Spriggs. I see you guys in the comments there. Uh, Cyber J, what's up, everybody? Appreciate you guys hanging out and appreciate everything you guys have uh, have done to get uh, you know not just flight test here, but like me here. It's it's been a awesome thing in my life and an awesome part well, of my career. So it's funny because you. yeah, well, you're very welcome, man. And and it's funny because um, a lot of us, and from my end of it, uh, I've got to watch you develop through those things and a couple things you just said you know about being a video editor and and uh, it's fun to watch the content change it's fun to watch the i loved the vlogs i loved and I, but i know i know <laughs> how much work there's involved in stuff like this um but it's it's been fun to watch you and i i bet now as as a as a professional uh if you go back and look at some of your earlier stuff i'm sure it's cringeworthy at times right because you're just you're growing (laughs) as a creator and so it's been really fun um from my end of it there was a there was a moment and i i that first flight fest um i had to leave i had to leave early on the sunday and that was painful and i got home Yes, I, I got I home, that, yeah. and my phone, like, I didn't have Wi-Fi or network while I was driving home, right? So I got home, and my phone and my all my content is exploding. Check out the video. And you're there, and you're talking about it, and you, you mentioned my name, and I showed my wife, and she was, like, 
like super impressed. She said, you went to this event out of the blue, out of everything, and they mentioned your name, you know, and it's just, I'm like, yeah, that's the kind of community that, that, that all of a sudden has catalyst in. Um, and it, it's funny because I, I, I don't think you guys realize the impact you have. And from, from my end, when I'm snowbound in the middle of winter and you guys are like, you know, finally starting to fly and it's that, uh, it was the Versoing video. I think that really clicked for me. It's like, oh my goodness, you know, you guys are just having so much fun. You know, you, David, Josh and the crew and everything. And, and, and it's a bit of the old content now. But it doesn't matter. But the point being, it's like, look, you know, it was a long winter and all of a sudden there's something to look forward to. And you guys are out flying. And so I, I really like from my end of it, from a snowbound Canadian at times, I appreciate that content because it's sometimes it's all the difference between a eh, OK day and well, you know what, there's some motivation to go. And uh, I, I, I like the fact uh, when, when we watch some of the videos that you're involved in, we get to see a little bit of your flavor, a little tweak, you know, like I like this plane and here's why, and I'm going to fly the, the living daylights out of this things and you're going to enjoy this video because it's funny. And you know, you, you're, um, you know, the, uh, yeah. Oh, the valiant, not, yeah. Was it the valiant? <clears throat> yes. The valiant. Yeah. And then the micro, yep. you know, and it's funny. It's almost like you, 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 you pick a product and you say, you know what, this is really good. And I'm going to explain why. And you know, so it's, it's, it's a really interesting opportunity sure. to do that. Um, I have solicited the uh, the RC After Hours community and, and have like 37 hot seat questions. Now I'm not going to ask you all 37 hot seat questions, obviously. Sure. But we're gonna we're gonna get into some questions. Um, but early on, like you've gone through a little bit of your history and everything. You've gone through, uh, you know, what the and it's seven years, like you said, and and it is kind of cool because I've gotten I've been very lucky because I've gotten a couple of neat trips with you. We've done a couple of awesome flight fests away trips, uh, but it's you sit there and go, oh, wow, yeah. you know, like we've done so much. This year was funny because you were so preoccupied with uh, with your post productions. We actually didn't get a chance to sit down and connect, which was kind of a shame. So hey, you know what? I got you here, but it's yeah. uh, it's it's fun to watch everything going on. Um, so I don't know. Do you want to dive into the questions? Or are you uh, are you kind of a? Yeah, we can we can dive in and just to comment on what you just said in terms of um, you know how how you relate and. You said that, like, I don't know if you guys know how much impact you have. And, and in a sense, I think that is true. But at the same time, like, I I have a, I, I do have a little bit of a sense because, well, one, uh, you know, I have a bunch of YouTube channels that I watch, you know, just like you guys might watch Flight Test. And uh, it really is a an awesome way to connect with people and, and relate. And the cool thing about this format of media or video compared to, uh, some of the traditional forms of of uh, video, like broadcast television or something like that, is there is a element of authenticity that you can't get in some of the extremely highly produced video content. And so, this is like it's coming straight from the source, and like that's that's what we do at Flight Test, and we've kind of uh, learned to embrace it. And if anything, it, you know, in my opinion, over the years, it's become even more authentic. I don't want to say less produced because it's still like huge project files, but like it's less hosted content and it's more like a window into our world. And that's like the beauty of YouTube. And that's the beauty of all this, uh, you know, social media 
uh, is you can really like learn to let your guard down. And that's one of the things that we had to like learn to do uh, over the years is to kind of let our guard down, show some full transparency, like show the funny, like, uh, you know, the funny misspoken words or like show the crashes. There was a time where like the crashes weren't shown and the failures weren't always shown. And uh, we've learned that like that's the gold actually because it it brings out that raw emotion that other people relate to. It brings out the learning opportunities of like why things failed like Aunt poor Andrus <laughs> with that giant Kraken. Um, that was extremely physically and mentally uh, draining for Andrus. And then when he finally conquered it, he was like, he, that none of that was fake. That was all extremely real, probably even more real than like the video actually let on. Um, he was extremely invested in that project. And, uh, when it hit the ground again and again, um, it was absolutely devastating. And like, that's what human beings relate to is that like true, uh, emotion. And it's no different in music or any kind of creative, uh, medium. Um, when true expression is, is, you know, letting that emotion out and, and kind of showing that and not being afraid of it. And I kind of feel like that's part of the reason why each and every one of you has kind of joined the flight test family. Um, and I, I, that's one of my personal favorite things about what I get to do is, uh, you know, relate with one another. And it's not just us sharing our experiences with you. Cause when I meet you guys at flight fest, it's so amazing because you guys feel like, you know, me and we kind of get to skip that awkward, uh, get to know each other phase and we get to get right into the, uh, discussion phase and like really relate to each other. So again, it's, it's a privilege and, uh, and, uh, you know, just happy to to be to be in a position where we can be creating this stuff and sharing cool, it with you guys. Buddy, I like that. That is well put, uh, and and we get it too on our end. Um, it's uh, this year has been pretty special as far as you know connecting to uh, connecting to the fans, particularly for this podcast and some of the changes that that have come about recently. But you know we're, we're looking right now, and there's you know there's plenty of uh, action going on plenty of conversation going on within the chat actually we're not ignoring you I just I'm enjoying the conversation with Alex um, and uh, everybody talking about what was the one they're discussing your what was the comment it was uh, what's the over and under how many people have watched the over and under flying with Alex doing all quad so actually let's talk about that wait there's oh that the, the oh, how to fly a quad and so walk your dog you know it and was stuff. uh and uh, even yeah. then like early on you weren't a fixed wing <coughs> guy initially where you were a little bit but your early role at our at, at um flight test was doing a lot of the quad work and i remember shooting the uh the tundra the dura fly tundra video with josh and boy you got close <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but the shot was phenomenal <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and it still was awesome yeah. but all i kept thinking was don't hit the plane don't hit the plane <laughs> <laughs> yeah we definitely hit quite a few planes but yeah the the chase quad is definitely fun i actually uh started with fixed wing uh, like i said my dad was a pilot so uh, naturally growing up, he did have, uh, some RC planes around a couple, he had like a nitro trainer and then he had a couple, um, 
a couple gentle ladies. And uh, I remember him flying those when we were real young and then they got stored away for a while. And then um, eventually me and my my neighbor buddy, we we snuck those out and took them to the park and saw if we could like fly them, see how far we could chuck them until it crashed into a backhoe. And then we we sneakily put it back where we found it and <laughs> just didn't say anything. And my dad didn't find it until like five or six years later and he wasn't too thrilled about it. But <laughs> that's a different story. But yeah, the quads... Uh, was actually something uh, that didn't start until flight test. So um, I think like right around the time that I got hired, I think my dad maybe had gotten one of the original little Chinese brushed quadcopters. And uh, so I was like kind of learning a little bit, but I didn't see my actual first like hobby grade multi-rotor until flight test, which was the, one of the original like rotor bones, mm-hmm. uh, tricopter at the time. So that's kind of where it started. And then I took to it really quickly because it was, it's just like video games. So I play a ton of video games, always have still do. And so like flying the quadcopter is just like flying, uh, flying the, uh, little bird in battlefield four <laughs> or battlefield three, whichever one had the little bird. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how that all started. And, and also, Oh, I should give uh, David a shout out because David was huge in helping me, uh, not only learn how to fly, but more specifically to learn mm-hmm. how to chase. And, uh, I, it's very, very rare that I see like uh, chase footage that I, that I really, really like enjoy because um and i and i get how it happens but like so many quad pilots are so caught up in like what they can do with the quad uh in in my opinion like i'm not here for like what the quad can do i'm here to look at that airplane in the air (laughs) and so like keeping it smooth and like almost like like when i watch the footage like that's what i always tell matt i'm just like you shouldn't even be able to tell that it's a quad like it shouldn't you shouldn't even be able to tell that it's like even being it's even a camera it's like it shouldn't even make sense how the how that's being captured so um but yeah i still fly um probably not as much as i should um because matt i'm busy uh making the the videos and i help shoot and edit and uh, kind of direct a little bit and kind of keep the show rolling. And so Matt now is kind of the guy who's been doing it. He's been doing a fantastic job. He's a very, very uh, impressive pilot. Um, but yeah, chasing in, in general is something I'd highly recommend to anybody nice. who has a quadcopter. Well, and, and you know, you, you're talking about your evolution at flight test, you know, and so that's all part of it. But so from the chase perspective, I'm curious how many hours of, of, like how long did it take you to get that you know get the eye i guess you know like i I, you talk about the style but just acquiring that other aircraft in the sky is like it is a lot of work i've tried it a few times even from a fixed wing and a quad and it is a lot of effort a lot of uh you know because you can see him far out and someone turns on the way oh where'd you go and everything how long did that take Um, it's a good question. Um, I remember, uh, I think I had been flying a, about a year with like the rotor bones quad. So for those of you guys that aren't familiar with like the archaic, uh, quad technology, it's like what, five years old. <laughs> um, it, it was basically just like the 
early quadcopters, we'd build them out of wooden dowels uh, with the little G10 motor mounts on the ends and big brushless motors with slow fly props. And we'd do quads like the Knuckle H quad and then the tricopters, which like David Windestall's tricopter and the Batbone. Um, <clears throat> so like that's what I learned on. And I remember the Knuckle H quad. There's something about quads. Uh, I know David loves the tricopters, but... Um, I, as soon as I started flying quads, like I, it, I, I, I've always loved the quads and that knuckle H quad was the one where it started to click and I'm talking all line of sight. So I learned, learned to fly line of sight just because, um, I wouldn't say all, but it was, I flew a lot of, I, I guess I was flying line of sight when it started to click. I was flying that little knuckle H quad. You can go back and watch the video. Um, but it was, I painted it all black and, uh, had the super like neon or, or neon green props. And I just learned how to rip that thing around line of sight and do flips. And so the time it clicked for me really with FPV was the blackout mini H quad. So that was like the dawn of what we know now as like mini racing quads. It was like one of the first, um, carbon fiber specific mini quad designed to go fast, fly acro, do flips, uh, be somewhat durable, even though it had all nylon standoffs. Um, but yeah, we started flying those things and, and they were so locked in and, and predictable. And uh, like I said, it was just like a video game. Um, it, it became more and more like a simulation because the, the flight control boards kept getting better. We, we transitioned from KK2 boards to, um, I, they yep, were called multi-Wii yep. <laughs> boards at the time. Um, and the Flip 32 and like uh, so some of those early flight control boards... And, uh, yeah, I remember we actually, I met Peter, this is before Peter worked at flight test. We were at, uh, we did like Joe Nall, we did Seth and Peter would always show up at these flying events. And, um, that was when it was really starting to click. You know, I remember at Seth chasing Peter, um, through the, um, uh, through the yeah. woods there at Seth and he was flying like a little T28 Trojan and I was flying the blackout mini H quad and we were going, through the trees together and at the time like nobody had even nobody had ever seen anything like that fpv was like like within a couple years to being new at least here in here in america like uh to be somewhat mainstream to the point where you'd see it at an event like that and me and peter were flying through the trees together and nobody like everybody else was flying on the flight line and they say it looks like this plane's like flying into the trees and then it pops out the other end and everybody was just like <laughs> losing their mind actually i'll uh I actually have a video of that. Let me see if I can find it. But um, so yeah, that's kind of where it been. And and I, I will say that like um, the video games definitely help, but also there is a lot to be said about my situation. Like um, having access to that stuff early on, like being blackout sent us those those mini H quads um, and the mini and the mini hex at the time. Um, so having access to that stuff early on and, and like really getting to fly it without having to worry about, uh, you know, we didn't intentionally want to crash anything, but like it, it wasn't like my personal money. So there was just like less at stake. So naturally you try more things. And then all the meanwhile, you have like J Josh Bixler flying a plane, which also like we take care of, but you know, ultimately we're trying to push him to the limits and test him so we can give honest reviews and whatnot. So like, it was just a good situation to like really kind of push it and try. And then, uh, Josh was also a fan. He's always been fantastic at flying. Like, 
Um, he'll fly for fun. And then when it comes time to get air to air footage, Josh Bixler knows and you know knows how to put it into a nice, steady, yeah. predictable pattern. Because you mentioned like how hard it is to hone in on a on an airplane, and it really, really is unless you have really good communication and experience with the pilot. So it's like kind of like a equal. It's like kind of like a dance in the sky. And so Josh is really good about communicating like what he's going to do, where he's going. Uh, he's like, I'm going to speed up now and dip down and then I'm going to come up and do a loop. And so like that stuff like yeah. really, really helps. Nice. So, all right. So before we get into the, I'm going to ask you one more question and then we're going to get into these hot seat ones. Cause yeah. I've really excited about a lot of these questions and, it, and I've got a random number generator. So it's going to be completely random mm-hmm. what these questions are. And anybody on the chat, if you want to chime in on a question, go ahead. Okay, Alex, tell us what your favorite flight test style project would be. Uh, flight test style project. So like in terms of um, video, uh, video builds, like what would be your, if, if, you know, the keys to the candy store were open to you and you had to go and make something and it was just, what would that be? What would be the ultimate project for you? And you were like, yes. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, just a side note in the comments, I just linked to that, uh, Ceph 2014 blackout run with Peter Sreepole through the woods. Um, that's a classic. Um, but definitely check that out. Um, so any project, what would I do? I would have to say, you know me, man, it would definitely probably be some kind of high wing, low and slow, uh, low and slow kind of airplane i would say kind of kind of a bush plane um it's interesting because like most of it's an interesting question because most of the ideas that um that i've thought about like that we've made videos on (laughs) and and so like i'm trying to think it's like so so, like when you ask that question i'm like oh so you mean like what we're gonna do for like uh, the next video (laughs) yeah no i hear you um yeah. So, but for me personally, you know, I always go towards like something like low and slow. So, um, and also like, uh, something simple. So like I built uh, yeah. Jeremy that simple cub and, um, as silly as it, as, as it sounds. And, and this actually says a lot to you guys out there who are, uh, maybe potentially thinking about spending a ton, ton of money on a bunch of RC toys. Um, I've had the opportunity and the privilege to fly a lot of that crazy stuff. And if I could have any, uh, anything from flight test right now, I'd probably build a simple cub because <laughs> it just flies so good. Get that landing gear dialed in and nice and straight. And I'm just out there doing touch and goes all day, just burning three cell 2200s. Cause that's just like, that's my level of an enjoyment. I, you know, I, I get a kick out of flying the big stuff, but when you add the level, the layers of complexity with oh, like the bigger it. batteries and more motors and, and stuff like that, um, there's something to be said about just like throwing something in the back of your car, uh, going to a, any kind of park and just like shooting touch and goes. That's like yeah. my, that's like oh, my jam. It's funny because I've been very lucky like you, very lucky to, to be able to bounce through this hobby and um, I came back from Flight Fest with that silly uh, um, uh, Mamba 10 from Flex. 
3S2200. I threw that thing in the mm-hmm. air and I was like, wow. But guess what? I have my FT Racer. I have my FT Spitfire. And it's just something about every once in a while going back to those very simplistic roots. And that's why I love about the flight test planes. And I've got so many kits sitting in the back mm-hmm. that I've got to build. And then I build my own stuff yeah. too. And that's, um, I find the, my builds are in the winter. When, it, when it's just so miserable, so cold out, and I just get in there, and I I love just grabbing the foam board. I'm really sad that my pink bomber didn't make it through Flight Fest this year because that was a nice-looking plane. <laughs> that was probably the best thing I had ever built as far as scratch build, but I just love no plans, just a straight ruler, a good blade, and some scribbled notes, and go at it. And, yeah, you know, and you've done that For so sure. many times and made so many fun episodes there. So, okay. So we're going to jump into these chats and not the chats, these questions. So, All right. While, while you're doing another one, I'm putting another video f- to my roots in the comments. It's a, my, This is a video from my one of my first tricopters that I ever built. And I was flying it around uh, my, my brother or my, it's actually my dad's now a hot air balloon. And you can see where the, how far the technology has come because <laughs> it flies terribly. And I don't even think I was flying that um, line of sight. Or I'm sorry, FPV. I was actually flying at line of sight with a GoPro, just filming stuff. Cool. I'm. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know if it's little, showing little, up. Uh, one from the archives. I okay. commented yeah, as that should go through. <laughs> My chat might be delayed here for whatever reason, but regardless, we're gonna we're still having fun. Uh, and I, if they don't, if they get flagged, I'll push them through afterwards. Um, all right, random number generator from one to thirty-seven. Here we go. Question. 32 and these are all submitted about one or two are my own ideas and the rest are from the community so number two oh it's not even fun or anything <laughs> it's a it's a heavy hitting question already so not really but whatever do you think our airspace <laughs> is safe for us to continue to fly or do you think we will lose the ability to fly with exceptions uh, of only registered or established RC fields. So a little heavy hitting here right off the bat, Alex. Yeah, <clears throat> no, that's good. Absolutely. A great question. Um, I, uh, I am probably, I probably should be a bit more informed and articulate when it comes to the, the regulation. But that being said, uh, I do know for a fact that uh, flight test has every intention of, uh, getting involved and that is the most important part is for everybody to stay informed and uh, kind of get involved because we have worked directly with the FAA here in the United States and uh, I have to say that they have been nothing but absolutely reasonable they are completely reasonable people they have an extremely difficult job and uh, they are just doing what is best for uh the people um, and also the industry too. Um, so, my, the, basically, I encourage you guys to to do the same and keep an eye out because, like I said, we're, uh, encourage everybody to stay informed. And as things continue to develop, flight test is going to be a very big part of that, and we are going to be helping people stay informed, uh, you know, through content, through videos, and stuff like that. So, as things continue to develop, you can expect to see more of an involvement from uh, from flight test. So. Um, to answer the question, though, no, I don't think that we are going to lose the ability to fly. There are way too many um, 
way too many people in in high places that really do genuinely care about the recreational hobbyist and um also everybody here knows but like it's just too powerful of a hobby to kind of be uh silenced and i don't i don't buy into the fact that it they're gonna like take our planes or like a ban ban rc flying um i don't think that it will ever get to that point well put well put i like these random questions okay next one ready (laughs) number seven 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 oh pre-built or built are you a pre-built um, fan or are you a builder? Ooh. I honestly, it depends on the day. So I honestly like both. Um, but on a typical day, um, well, I guess I'll put it this way. It depends on how nice the weather is outside. Because <laughs> if it's a beautiful flying day, I'm going to take the, the pre-built um, but if it's like the dead of winter, I'm going to take some time and enjoy putting something together down in the basement. Um, that being said, I, I, I typically recommend to people that if they have a little bit of an inclination to try to build, I, I recommend it, but I, I don't recommend people to try to force it. So, um, you know, if you're looking to get into the hobby you really got to think about what you want to get out of the experience. And if it's mainly just flying, um, you want to start with the, the best trainer possible that, uh, that yeah. comes ready to go. Um, but if you are open to the idea of creating something yourself that defies the laws of gravity, then go something, uh, build. Anyways, I digress. I guess my answer is, <laughs> uh, nice. I'm going to say build. Nice. And I'll on that, I mean, um, the stuff that John is doing with with your flight test foam is mind blowing. Like oh, I thought the A10 when I saw the A10 was beautiful, and then we see all the curves that this guy has been able to figure out. You know, being a machinist and a bodybuilder, bodybuilder. <laughs> you know, using using his his metal <laughs> fab techniques. I mean, it's taken your planes to a whole other level. Like they're gorgeous. I'm I I've got mm-hmm. the Corsair. I yeah. was I'll probably end up ordering. Um, you know, the next, the, well, it's the Spitfire. Woo. But like, it's just amazing what you guys are starting to get. And I, and I know when, when, when you made the, when Josh talked about changing the foam formula, he was like, look, I want a plane that lasts, you know, cause the white foam board is amazing, yeah. but it does have a lifespan, you know, even though that, that FT wing back there, the arrow is one of the original white ones. It's, it's, it's now past its way past its prime because it gets wet. Um, but amazing. All right. Next question, buddy. Number five, fast or slow. (laughs) Uh, That's an easy one. Do you, uh, um, I, I I know I get in trouble at the field because I'll take out a warbird and I'll slow it down to the point that the guys are yelling at me because they're like, they were never meant to go that slow Andre. And I'm like, but I want to see how good of a design it is. Yeah, no, I, I prefer to fly slow uh, if it has flaps, uh, half flaps Into or full flaps, like uh, kind of kind of uh, on as close to the edge of a stall as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the Valiant and, and was always Brian good Chambers asked the question, does Alex still love the Valiant? Yeah, actually, it's a uh, it's funny you asked. There's a funny the Valiant is gone. Um, 
but yes, I, I still do love the value. Great little plane. I believe that it's you can still probably get it on sale. I think it was one thirty nine. <laughs> it's a good um, plane. Uh, that's a it's a huge value. It's a fantastic plane, especially if you're like, um, if you know how to fly and you're kind of learning. You're wanting to kind of take it to the next step. <clears throat> it's a I'd say it's a good like intermediate trainer but also it's like good to get into like precision aerobatics I like flying it slow but it does have a wide speed envelope it's very uh slippery so like you can it glide it does everything pretty good and the landing gear is the best but anyways I was flying it at flight fest this year uh with uh my buddy Dan from Amain. And kind of showing it, he's like, why do you like this thing so much? And I was showing him, I was like, well, see, like, it just flies so nice and slow. And I was, like, doing touch and goes and put the flaps down. And then I was like, but the cool thing is, is you can kick those flaps off and you can really kick it into high gear. And I was like, I went full throttle, like, straight into a, like, low pass over the runway into a straight up climb. And I went, like, straight through this guy's Edge 540 that he was, like, I don't know what he was doing. He's, like, hovering or something right there. Just like obliterated it. About <clears throat> the valiant came out the other side, uh, and somehow was in perfect condition. So I pulled out of it, came around, did a perfect landing, <laughs> and came up. And this kid, he was he was super cool about it, um, but he could tell. I could tell he was like super sad. So I just like the valiant was like it didn't even have a nick on it. I think it like somehow it must have just like hit the all the prop and the, somehow the prop didn't break. But I was just like, you know what, man? Like here you go. Just take this. Don't worry about your edge. <laughs> and I gave him the valiant because um, I felt I, felt I have absolutely a photo. I think I've got a photo of you out. flying the valiant at Flight Fest too. So is that the same one that you flew out out west and everything? Is that the same plane, or have you had a couple different ones so far? No, so we got uh, we got three, or I forget how many we got, but I've had two. So I took one from we did the episode, and I um, I took one one of those and flew that for quite a long while. That's kind of what, when I fell in love with it, and that one eventually came to its demise in um, one of the vlogs uh, it, we did. We like it. We it like crash into the ground That's so many right. times and like the, the yeah, head fell that. off and then the battery fell out and then i replaced the uh tires and put bush tires on it and flew it like that for a while and then eventually it just retired and i think actually it probably still would have flown again but uh i i think somebody picked that one up at the open house before we moved out to edgewater and so the next one was uh mm-hmm. flight fest south I flew that one um I think we had an extra one from the episode that we never used that was still in the box. So when we were packing up to go down to Florida, uh, we threw that box in there and brought it down there. And I built it at Flight Fest South. And we yep. flew it. I think, Andre, you yep. flew it. Jake Marshall flew it. And uh, honestly, like it uh, survived. And I, I, this stuff is so busy at Flight Fest. I, 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 I figured it was in the store, but like by the time I got home, I thought to myself, oh, geez, I, I wonder where that Valiant went. Like, I hope somebody grabbed it and like I just like <laughs> never saw it again. And then uh, Flight Fest South was in whatever that was, November mm-hmm. or something like that. And it wasn't until December at the Flight Test family Christmas party that Bob, Bob Parmalee, 
came in and he, uh, I think Josh gave like a speech to all the uh, employees and family and stuff. And afterwards, Bob's like, I have something to say. And he got up in front of everybody and he's like, I got something for Alex. And I was like, what? And he brought the Valiant <laughs> and he had, he had snuck, he snuck it out of, cause he was down at Flight Fest yeah. South and he drove down there. And so he's like, I, I saw this down there. I figured you guys were going to be packing everything up on the semi truck and it would probably get damaged. So he's like, so I just grabbed it. I figured I'd see how long you guys uh, went before you noticed it was gone. And he's like, turns out you guys didn't notice. <laughs> um, so he brought it back and gave it to me. And so that's the one that I've been flying up until uh, several weeks ago at Flight Fest when I crashed it into that dude's uh, Edge 540 and gave it to him. So he's got a new home now. I'm sure it's still I doing good. I had no idea that you actually took out someone else's. Was it an FT540 uh, or was it something else? Oh, yeah, well, it was, a, had it was sound, an FT Edge 540. That had to sound impressive, buddy. <laughs> yep. Uh, Austin, yeah, uh, Austin, Austin's here. Austin. Uh, Lewis and uh, Line oh, Twist, tons. what's up, so everybody? One, one comment earlier up was Tom was like, no, you're wrong, Alex. 6S jets are where it's at. I, I want to say yes, but I, <laughs> I haven't even flown my own 6S jets this year, but I will fix that very soon, hopefully, if the weather plays nice. <laughs> All right, number 37, since we're having so much fun. <laughs> and you know what? These are all random. Chocolate or vanilla? Really? Uh, vanilla, awesome. probably, awesome. most right, of the time. I'll try and get a serious one for you because that was easy. All right, question nine. <laughs> random is going low. Favorite brand of radio. This is big. This is a big decision. Um, I'll say this, and it's not because we've worked pretty closely with Horizon, but nice. it's Spectrum for sure. Um, and for me, it, it yeah. goes back to simplicity. I know I joke about it in the videos, but I really am a simple kind of person, um, and I'm I'm super minimal. And when it comes to radios, uh, I you know I just want to fly a simple plane, low and slow. Like I don't need like all the bells and whistles. And so, quite honestly, like my go-to, just because it's like been the one around, has been the nice. DX8 Gen 2. Um, and I had a DX9 for a while until something something happened to that. Um, but even a DX6 yep. would be more than enough for what I do. I, like I said, I keep it simple. I think that I'm so used to flying like flying battleships and all these crazy things where we have like a bunch of cameras rolling and like huge batteries and giant props and like sketchy flights and like all these variables that when it comes time for me to fly for enjoyment, I just want something like super simple. <laughs> I can respect that. We get that question a lot and I come back to what do you want your experience to be in it? And it's, it's, it's like that classic. It's turned into that classic, you know, uh, iOS versus Android device kind of thing. Right. I'm like, Pick one for yeah. whatever reasons and stick with it because you're going to drive yourself crazy if you've got multiple band, you know, receivers and everything. And, and, and you're right because if you've got the Spectrum, you can buy that bind and fly airplane and you're in the air and the rest, the rest yeah, of us the are sitting there yeah. trying to figure out what the module's doing. And, da, 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 da. So, and I also like the, uh, the variety. Yep. All right. We'll get a few more and then eventually we're going to have to let... Alex, a 37 again? Come on, what's not so random? 27. This sounds like a serious one. Uh, <laughs> ah, that's a that's not a fun one. Come on, I want fun here. 31, 20. Oh, I'm not rigging this at all. <laughs> no. Okay, grab tape, CA, or hot glue first. 
Uh, tape share, <laughs> yeah. <outboot> tape. <laughs> Specifically gaff tape. We use gaff tape for everything. Um, it's not the best, uh, but it's always readily available, and it always works uh, halfway good. <laughs> have you uh, have you ever had a situation where you've really you've damaged a plane so bad, but got to get the episode out, so it's just free for all to repair it? Oh, absolutely! I'd say almost uh, every time. So, like, um, so like the pick on the most recent video, which was a gauntlet of a project, but like the battleship. Um, <clears throat> we're always hoping for like at least like a m- mediocre success. So like after the first flight, um, which it did technically take off into the air and it flew somewhat controllably for a handful of seconds and then it crashed. And of course we drew that out a little bit in post-production, but, um, at that, that's like best case scenario. And that didn't actually happen to have any damage nothing major anyways but like that's what we hope for because we we know that worst case scenario like we probably could have made that into a video where like that's where it ends and if the damage was too bad we could say like see you next time we're going to try to fix this or whatever but um almost anymore like jeremy and i prefer that if there is like a little bit of an element of failure as opposed to like if we build a battleship and it just flies through the air perfectly and then it lands and we're just like, all right, that's great. We did it. We'll see you later. Um, it just doesn't make for as entertaining of a video. And so that being said, we've never like purposely like crashed anything. Like we always try our hardest to make it fly. Um, but when there's like a little element of failure, but it's not catastrophic, that's like ideal for making nice. like really good videos. Nice. Yeah, well, I mean, it's you're you're mixing, you're you're flirting with that technical and that entertainment element, and you know, we're just it makes like I said, yep. it makes for good videos. Ooh, I like this question. Must eh? But the answer answer to the question was uh, yes. The we we do that almost in every video. A couple that come to mind is the battleship, the giant kraken that poor Andrews had to rebuild like a bunch of times, uh, the dark wing duck that Matt did. That mm-hmm. one crashed pretty good, and uh, it had to be kind of pieced back together. And eventually, it worked. Oh, yes. The X wing, X wing that Jeremy that thing we that was barely a video because um, it, it crashed pretty hard. That one literally was pieces that we put back together. So the answer is yes, it happens nice. very often. <laughs> All right, this is a good question. This is going to divide the community. Mustang versus Spitfire. Um, I go, uh, are you talking just like in We're not talking FT, we're talking, like, plant, we're talking well, the real birds. Yeah. Real birds. Mm. Real birds, I'd probably go <sighs> oh, Mustang. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I love the Spitfires. Love the Spitfires. Uh, Actually, you know what? They're both beautiful. I love, I love, I love them too. But for me, um, like, cause I'm like, I'm, I'm considering like I'm gonna be flying inside of it, right? So like for me, I want that Mustang landing yeah. gear. See, I'm all yeah, about yeah. the landing. So like, I want that wide landing gear. Terrible. The, the Spitfire. Actually, I have a Spitfire on my phone simulator that I fly. Uh, Infinite Flight. It's like actually a really highly detailed Spitfire mo- uh, model, but <clears throat> I don't know that narrow landing yeah. gear kind of yeah. sketches no, me out. No, I I got it. I've 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 scuffed the wings on many of my nice uh, 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 Spitfires with with <laughs> gear, um, but uh, yeah, look at that. We're we're <laughs> everybody's uh, everybody's chiming in on what they think here. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mustang oh, racer. The FT yeah. racer right back there. I love the Mustang as well. All right. What do you think? A few more questions there, buddy? All right. Yeah, man. I don't think we've done this one. What's the most damage you've ever done? Ooh. <laughs> the most damage I've ever done in terms yeah, of like Yeah, I guess it's a, it's a really good like crash, a really good – well, it could be either or, right? It could be, you know, like uh, what have you wiped out, <laughs> you know? Um, I'm trying to think. See, like most of the stuff that I, uh, I guess most of the big stuff that I've made that I crashed is not worth anything because normally it's just a bunch of trash. <laughs> like the like the Frankenplane, that thing was a pretty big monstrosity, and it went into the dirt pile. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the I'm trying to think um, dollar amount. Uh, I feel somewhat bad about, but it was totally worth it, was uh, destroying one of the new Insta360 cameras when I put it on the watermelon. So we didn't didn't, um, show that actually in the video, but the camera did actually get destroyed, um, and the footage was all corrupted. And thanks to our... our, uh, technology guy robert um he was actually able to salvage like the first i think it was like six seconds of the drop and that's what you see in the video um and that made it worth it because it was like a really really cool shot and insta360 who sponsored the video they were super happy with it too so um it worked out but that's probably the most dollar amount um in terms of I'm honestly trying to think because if anybody has any uh, memories of me crashing stuff, but most of the big stuff, somehow I was like, I was probably oh, chasing with that's a quad. Did you lose any cameras um, besides the Insta360? Uh, yeah, definitely. We've lost <laughs> a lot of GoPros um, from imp- from impacts. Um, I crash in a gopro um actually funny enough i don't even think it was flight test it was my dad's at the time he yeah i borrowed his camera and then used it at a shoot it was a long time ago so we did a guinea pig it was back when we were like releasing the guinea pig and uh josh and i were flying out over snow and it was kind of i think it was the blackout mini h quad and uh he had taken off. He was flying out over Fury Field. It's like a lot of white snow. The guinea pig was white playing. I couldn't really see him. So I was like ripping out there to try to catch up to him to find him. And uh, he like, I think he was like in the sun or something. And we just had a head on <laughs> collision. And I went, I went straight into his prop. And so it like annihilated the quad and, and the camera. So I guess that's a pretty good one. Expensive quad, expensive uh Oh Expensive yeah, camera. I've, 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 I think my 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 brand new Go, GoPro 960 was in the uh, the cargo plane I had, and I folded the wing, and the camera oh, was never man. the same. It worked, but I think I shifted one of the filters in the lens, and the camera was just never the same, you know. But but I laughed because it was <laughs> yeah. okay. Rebuild and keep going. That's awesome. All right. Yep. 19. What is 19? Huh. Your go-to plane. I think we've covered this one pretty good. Yeah, the val- uh, the Valiant. Well, I guess it's not my go-to plane anymore. I, 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 
Oh, I, I guess uh, recently, not really by uh, choice, but, but just by it's just been around and I've been using it a ton is oh, the really? Nano Goblin. I've had one of those in the back of my car. And uh, it's an awesome little plane. Pops out the lithium-ion battery. Last 45 minutes. Um, so nice. it's like a crawler nice. of the sky. I've had this thing in my car for like a month, and occasionally I'll take it out and fly it for like three or four minutes, get a quick flight in, and then put it back. And I haven't charged the battery once. It's been in my car. It's been in my car. That's for like pretty three crazy. I, that's a, actually that's one of the airplanes. That is an airplane that I have not. Um, uh, <laughs> so I'm reading Austin's comments in the chat, but that's a, the goblin. The little nano goblin is something I have not tried yet. And that was, I guess that was their hot airplane. I want to say last year, the year before. And mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, Austin posted in there, uh, FT GoPro <laughs> program sponsored by the Best Buy replacement program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep, and yep, a couple yep. other guys are saying, yeah, they've got the Nano Goblin 45 minutes uh, uh, two weekends ago, uh, landed in, in a tree. Yeah, that – do you – have you done yep. a full 40-minute flight with a plane before? Or do you just get punchy after like five, ten no. minutes? No, so I uh, I fly it like I fly a normal plane. Um, and even like the the Valiant or like a, a typical like pretty efficient like 2200 three cell plane, you can fly it like well over 10 minutes. And even that's like a long time yeah. to fly a plane nonstop. So like I like going in like little two, three, four minute spurts. I was at my parents' house um, flying the Nano Goblin. They have nowhere near enough space to fly <laughs> Nano Goblin. And so it made it super interesting because I had to like – I, I had to take off like a short takeoff through this like uh, valley of trees to climb out and then to land I had to come into the wind and like because the nano goblin glides it's like a glider it just like glides forever um, and so I had to like do a super long approach low over the rooftops through the trees like over my parents patio and then I had to like push it down into the grass as gentle as possible because it, it was like a very very tight landing area but it's a great little plane like I said I haven't I haven't charged the battery That's in like crazy. two three months <laughs> and do you see that technology do you see that technology affecting some of the products for the future or are we still going to be limited by the battery ultimately well, no, I don't think so. It's uh, you know, I think they're always going to keep improving the batteries and the uh, and the motors. Um, they've come so far, you know, in the mm-hmm. short in five years. Like the, the batteries are um, a lot like a twenty two. We still have some of them, but like a twenty two hundred three cell from uh, f- seven years ago is like the size of a twenty two hundred yeah. four cell today. So like they've. They keep improving the size and the efficiency, but like, I think the lithium-ion batteries have been around for a while. Um, the reason why they're not super popular, I think, is because they don't have the outrageous power that you get from like a, mm-hmm. a lipo. Um, like the the Nano Goblin has plenty of power, uh, but it by no means has ultimate uh, or uh, unlimited vertical. Um, it's it's definitely, uh, but it glides really good. So it just kind of depends. And I don't fly full throttle. I, you know, I don't like going unlimited vertical. Like I'm a lower energy flyer. Um, so yeah, that's 
I think that it'll be around, but it's just like not for everybody. Everybody always kind of gravitates towards <laughs> the need for speed. Is this line of sight <laughs> flying or is this FPV? I've been flying the oh, wow. Goblin line of sight. Okay, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. All right. One or two more questions, and I think we're going to let you go, and we'll finish off the show. Ooh. Bellylander cool. or Wheels? Um... <laughs> <laughs> see i always have uh definitely always wheels uh if it's a good landing gear so that's my answer i would rather have wheels but if it's not a good landing gear like for example if it's like one of my scratch builds with one of the landing gears that i tried to bend and it just like is crooked <laughs> and, like naturally pulls to the left or the right and automatically ground loops as soon as you touch a wheel to the ground um in that case i would almost rather have a belly lander um, but in general, like I would, uh, if, if it's a fully functional landing gear, I would definitely go mm-hmm. landing gear all day. But not retract? Belly lander. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, 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 no. No, there's too many moving parts for me. I, I you know what? I love so. Well, <laughs> I'm this just is a it. Simple I, guy. I, and it's, I go through these waves and it's like, I don't want to deal with this stuff anymore some days. And it's like I yeah. said, when I flew that silly Mamba, I'm like, wow, I think I just found the plane that I've been looking for the last year. No retracts, simple to get into the car. 3S2200 and it, the it awesome. made me like I took yeah. off and I went into a knife edge and orbited around the track and the guys are like wow and I'm like yeah that board makes me look like a supreme pilot <laughs> yeah try that on 4Cell too because I've heard it's really good just uh, and anybody watching the uh, Flex Innovations make amazing products so if you're a pretty uh, yeah. accomplished pilot and you feel pretty comfortable in your skills and you're looking to kind of get something that you can have for a long time and take care of and fly, it flies really well, um, the Flex Innovation stuff is a little little pricey, um, but that's because it's better. <laughs> it flies, they fly really, really good, yeah. really, really good All products. Right. This one is the, uh, this one's a pretty good question. Pinch your thumbs. Um, I'm a Ooh. pincher now. Oh, really? I used I, to be I'm thumbs. still, uh, someone yeah. noticed one day in one of my videos, I'm still a hybrid. Yeah, I use my, oh, really? uh, I use my thumb on my throttle and <laughs> pinch on my aileron elevator control. I don't know. That's just how uh, I, you know, the problem with that is I think I bump my rudder every once in a while, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, I fly it and it works. You know, I point it yeah. in the direction I go. So... Wow, Alex, uh, yeah. that was pretty darn phenomenal, my friend. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, it's uh, it's it's nice to get some insight and uh, hear some of your stories and some of the backstories. And I I got a feeling you guys are just going to uh, keep drumming along at at, uh, at almost a breakneck pace. I almost worry about you guys from a, from a friend standpoint because I'm like, wow, I'm tired and I just did Flight Fest and that's it. And you guys roll right back into it and do all the heavy teardown. I get to go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the teardown was a, a heck of a – this yeah. year was the best year yet. Uh, a lot of that's thanks to Austin, but also the building that we got put up and all of it's possible you know, because of the awesome community. So, um yeah, it, a lot of great things coming for flight tests. So uh, stay tuned and and thank All you, right, Andre, buddy. for everything thank you, you do. Actually, uh, yeah, have a good evening, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you uh, uh, later in the week. I think we'll touch base after this. So 
Thanks, buddy. We're going to actually keep the uh, the podcast going while Alex uh, chimes out. And, oh, I think I hit a button here and started the music. Let's turn that off. Uh, oh. Before I go, I just want to say thanks to everybody. Uh, Flying Ambo, Tom, Tom Jenkinson, Tony Butler, Frank Debris, Louis, Louis Russi, all you guys. Appreciate you hanging out and uh, everybody who's listening. Uh, really, really appreciate you guys, uh, everything you do. So, guys, have a wonderful Thanks, evening. See you later, buddy. Bye. Alrighty. Take care. Okay. Well, that was Alex Savada. Appreciate him for popping in. He's just chimed out and everything. So, I'm going to jump in. Those questions that everybody submitted uh, over the Facebook, and if you want to email me and, and uh, send more questions and we keep adding to this, I really enjoyed the hot seat questions and uh, that number generator is awesome. But, of course, I will overrule and, uh, and, and snag a couple of questions of my own. So, we are going to dive into a couple of the um here we go i'm switching over some monitors uh we're gonna dive into some of the products now you're gonna love this um here we go website wingnut tech and that is uh, their website is wingnuttech.com that is brian and alex who make uh the night reading controller they uh brian emailed me this morning and said hashtag blame andre and you get a 10 percent off coupon for your uh, uh for the for that flight controller or the led controller so blame andre hashtag blame andre no accent on the end just an e and uh, you save 10 percent off the price of wingnuttech.com brian has actually worked on another module for me i'm gonna put my camera up hey oh and we'll get rid of uh and there we go just me hi um yeah brian's actually worked on something for the norman uh plane and uh, i'm i'm excited it goes moo uh if anybody saw the videos there hey brian brian is now on the chat thank you yes this controller is cool i haven't flown the radian yet because that's just the way things go around here but i can't wait to get that thing up in the air um and get it flying so again Blame Andre. Uh, stickers without the accent on the E. Woohoo! I gotta get some. Speaking of stickers, I will work on that, folks. Give me, uh, give me some time. I'm gonna get everybody lined up, get all my ducks in a row and everything. Uh, and again, thanks to the Patreon guys for checking out. You guys are amazing. Thank you. I was, uh, I was thinking there would have been a, a, a very very big uh, exodus but uh, everybody stuck around and we are uh, we're doing good so uh, I will start thinking about what to do with the patreon funds and how to make it all work uh, I've actually for anybody watching on the uh, video I now have a brand new webcam and I'm thinking it looks a lot better uh, ratio and everything and video wise I think it's looking a lot 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 nicer and so this will be used for the podcast and obviously the Friday flying update when I'm on the bench so let's dive into some of those new planes uh, Horizon had a pretty good week and uh, I don't know which one to start with um, I watched the flight video on the A-10 that uh, Pilot Ryan did and was impressed. I have the V-1, and I know the updates are pretty good. Um, does it make my V-1 any less valuable? I don't know, but I know I will do a couple tweaks. Everybody tells me to change the ESCs. Yeah, I've got them, whatever. And uh, and change up the um, uh, the thrust angle on the motors and then watch the front gear. Yeah, you know. So I'm still tempted to try and fly it stock, and we'll go from there. Um, 
I kind of like the gray over the black and white. I don't know. What does everybody else think? Uh, leg, otherwise, oh, I'm just reading some of the comments from, from the guys in the chat. We'll work on a couple of things. I think my poor Mac was was howling away at a high high power ratio, so I'm going to work on that. Uh, the F-16 from E-Flight, 64 mil uh, bind and fly. I guess that's the one that we, most of us would look at. So hold on, right click and go into the tab. And we'll load this really slowly. I noticed. Uh, there we go. Come on. So this is a pretty simple, nice looking airplane. 180 US dollars isn't bad on inter. Uh, it is a rebranded aircraft uh, and repainted. It's got a pretty cool looking paint scheme. Uh, specs, 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 specs. Overview. It is there basically 40 amp ESC with a 11 blades. So that's pretty interesting. 40 amp uh, brushless out rotor, five gram, uh, five servos, and your standard receiver takes a. It's a 4S2200 aircraft using IC, uh, e, um, EC3 or IC3 connectors, and uh, it seems like it's a pretty nice looking plane, but. We're not here to talk about the uh, the FMS stuff. We're not here to talk about that F-16. That Hangar 9KL43, uh, or is it I-43? 88 inches wingspan, 60cc um, with retracts. It's like 1200 bucks. but we're interested in this EC-15, aren't we? 1500. This caught my eye right away earlier in the week, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, what 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 can we say? We twin. It does look a little toyish in some of these photos, but wow, uh, you know, I I I can't decide about the sticker price. Uh, it's four hundred dollars, but it's got a lot of capacity. It uh, apparently has skis and a bunch of options for um, for cameras and everything. Um, well, I'm gonna read through the specs really quick. It is a twin uh, aircraft. It has got uh, did you do? It is 3S or 4S, five blade of props. Will run on a 3S um, 3200 uh, to 4S 6400. So it's got a huge payload on it, which is kind of interesting. Um, Tom says the their shop brought it in. It's basically a C27 without official licensing. Yes, exactly. Uh, and it's 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 got. Servos are all metal geared. It's got a cargo door. It's got a steerable nose, uh, ball link uh, for all the, the connections. Fly from the water using an optional float set, which may, might be kind of cool and everything. So is this their answer to the Tundra? I don't know. Not the Tundra, sorry, the Bushmule um, from, from Hobby King and Avios. It's very possible. It's a good-looking airplane. Um, it's got the right colors. Uh, I think it would look really good in like a search and rescue uh, RCAF, but I'm biased, right? <laughs> it's got some nice little features. It looks like a nice plane. It's $400 a lot, though. Uh, no retracts uh, and too big. Uh, yeah, yeah. The price is a little high. Can we belly land it? Frank asks. Well, I don't think you would need to belly land it. Those gears. I guess the nice thing with the, without retracts is you, you're probably going to do less carnage because um, we hear reports of uh, all kinds of issues with the retract aircraft this scale. But you know, it looks kind of neat. They seem like they're decent wheels and everything. So. Uh, and we're going to talk about those two things. Um, we're going to talk about the fly cat and everything from Hobby King in a minute. Right now, still focusing on this guy. I'm uh, 
semi-impressed with it. So uh, it looks like I got this wrong and I hit the wrong page. Sorry, folks. I was trying to show the video and I'm stuck on a page. Anyhow, uh, let's see if I go here. <laughs> there it goes. It comes up. Regardless, um, I guess we're going to wait and see. Uh, I want to see one in person and see what it looks like. Uh, Bushmule C-130. You know, yeah, exactly. Illegitimate uh, child of a Bushmill and C-130. Uh, that's that's pretty funny and accurate. Uh, it's got some some neat ideas and uh, some neat features, and we'll just see how it goes. I like the fact that you can put the FPV cam at the top and everything. That is kind of cool. And it's got the right size, so jury's out, I guess. We'll wait and see. And uh, and yeah, I, if I see one, I will uh, I will have to consider whether it becomes a test plane or not. Uh, you know. Who knows, right? The the I miss my Bushmule. I actually sold the Bushmule a couple months ago, and I gave away the uh, Skymule. So I'm without a twin until I get uh, unless I fly my uh, Mosquito, my Mossy. So who knows? So jury's out on this one, I think. All right. So uh, we talked about the Avios Mig 17. Uh, it's been kind of interesting to see some some quality issues. Um, overall, it seems like a really nice jet, uh, but there have been notes about um, the the pardon me the uh, numerous servo issues. So who knows? We'll keep an eye on this one and keep flying. But what we're here to talk about this evening, really quickly is this one, the H-King Flycat. I'm not sure about the name. I watched the video. It looks neat. Um, what they didn't show in the video, which kind of caught me off guard, was the fact that it's a 6S jet, and they're having another person throw, uh, do the launch of the jet. Um, I would kind of want to be able to throw this thing myself, so I'm not sure. Uh, but it sounded good. Yeah, it's got a 12-blade... Uh, 12 blade 70 mil with an 80 amp e e ESC. Yes, I'm just looking for those specs really quick. Yes, 70 mil, and it is a 6s. And they're talking uh, 3,000 milliamp 6s, 30 to 60 C. So that's quite the hefty power punch. Missing a pilot, says Luis. <laughs> yes, it is, but it's got a dark canopy. Um, it's neat. I just don't know. Um. I think I like the graphic job, the paint job, and everything. I think it's a very visual aircraft. I just can you throw this thing by yourself without needing someone to uh, to do the launch for you? So, uh, ninety uh, XD ninety connector. Uh, it's got your ailerons, your elevator controls. So, pardon me, that was a big yawn on my part. Sorry, folks. It is now late in the evening, and I'm still rambling along. But we're having fun. Six channel uh, radio, and off you go. So, you know what? It, it's got its merit. I would love to test fly one, obviously. So uh, the other one that was issued the other day was the Radjet. This is, uh, if I'm correct, this is a remake or this one's back, you know, from, from redusted and looking um, pretty good. So same idea, long nose, but this has got a uh, pusher configuration motor. So in theory, this thing should haul uh, Spec-wise, it's not huge. 800 millimeter, millimeter wingspan. It's got a, a 2010 18 kV motor, 20 amp ESC, um, 3S2200. So pretty simple. I don't know what size prop it's spinning, uh, but it did not look huge. And you're probably you're just running a basic four-channel uh, with aileron mixing. So that's a pretty good little airplane. Uh, you know, it probably FPV really well. It'll, 
um, to be honest. So uh, you can barely get an UMX for 110. No, exactly. This thing here shipped plug and play is $63. So it's actually a really good, yeah, fun jet. Thank you, clone. That's what I was looking for from Jason. Yes, uh, for 63 US dollars, and that's from the international. If I go to the US store, let this chug over from Hobby King, 75 bucks. Yeah, exactly. And we love pink, uh, says Luis. Yes, we do. Um, so nice little thing, Hobby King. RC After Hours will be more than happy to test torture this thing for you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, unless there is any other business on the chart this evening, I think it's pretty well time to wrap up this awesome podcast. I've had a really good time. Very big thank you to our guest, Alex uh, Zavato, who uh, came uh, on late into the evening. He, like me, has worked all day and is probably super tired, but it was really cool and really awesome to talk to him. Again, I'm Andre. You've listened to another, oh, we're stretching on like over an hour and 15 minutes for this podcast. So, hey, why not? So, again, thanks for hanging out with me this evening, having a nice little fun time on the podcast. Talk to you later.